I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but communion is a multi-layered experience. By giving us communion, Jesus has given us a rich expression of worship that can refresh our faith in so many different ways. At its most foundational level, communion reminds us that Jesus died on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And therefore, communion is an invitation, an invitation to once again confess our sins and be reassured of God's faithful love. Communion also is an expression of community. And we certainly can take communion alone, but it's designed to be shared. This moment of communion is an invitation to express our common faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then communion is not just about the the past event of the crucifixion, it also points to the future. When Jesus created the very first communion service, he promised that when the eternal kingdom of God arrives, we will drink the fruit of the vine with him in a time of heavenly celebration. So communion is an invitation to embrace the hope of our ultimate resurrection as part of God's family. Furthermore, all of these things, forgiveness and community and eternity, they're not just for us. They are for those who have not yet placed their trust in Jesus. Immediately after creating the communion ceremony, Jesus went out to pray. And he knew that the cross was coming, so he asked the Heavenly Father to give him strength to face it. However, Jesus did not just pray for himself. He also prayed for his followers, both present and future. Listen to these words of Jesus in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them, his disciples, alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Think about that. Jesus, as he faces death, is praying. He's praying for people who are not believers, but who will become believers. And he's praying that his followers, people like you and me, that we will share our faith with those around us who are spiritually adrift and that we will love them and care for them and strive to bring them into God's family. So as we consider all of these things, it's clear that communion is an experience filled with promise. Promise for me, promise for you. Promise for those who have not yet come. Our focus this morning is on local outreach, on the part that we can play to help draw people to Jesus. And we all know people who are far from God. And Jesus would dearly love to have them join us at his table. Both now and in the next life. This morning as we share in communion Let's be sure to pray for ourselves. But let's also pray for people in our families and in our neighborhoods or at work or at school who are spiritually adrift. Let's pray that Jesus would help us reach out to them so they might one day be able to share with us in this joyful celebration of communion. Good morning, church. 
In Matthew 25, there's a passage of scripture in which Jesus is teaching and sharing some parables about the end of time. And I want to share just a few verses, the words of Jesus teaching. And he says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in or in needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's Matthew 25, verses 37 through 40. Around 15 years ago, a small group of individuals here at Garden Way Church began to meet together on Tuesday nights to brainstorm, to pray, to think about different ways that we might impact our community, particularly the least of these, as Jesus calls them. Out of those early meetings and prayer times came a, just a variety of ideas and events, some that we carried out, some that we never did get to. We did things like raking leaves for our neighbors around the neighborhood in the fall, handing out cold water on hot days around Autzen Stadium, joining together with other churches to do makeover projects at our local foster care offices up the street. Out of that early group came the idea for our KidMax program, which has been going for a number of years now, and many other events and ideas. Through the years, we've had some victories, like some of the kids that we reached through some of those kids' programs, attending camp and being baptized. We've seen some families return to Jesus and to His church. And even a few of those kids that we reached many years ago returning here to Garden Way as adults. We've also had our share of disappointments, events that didn't work out as planned, losing contact with some of those kids and families. But through it all, we have aimed to impact our local community by using a phrase that reminds us of our purpose as Jesus was illustrated in Matthew 25. We call it sharing the love of Jesus in practical ways. Coming up on August 30th marks the 10th year in which we have participated alongside a number of other churches in our community in one particular practical way of sharing Jesus' love, and that is something we call Project Hope. Each year, between three and 4,000 children in our community receive a backpack filled with school supplies and a brand new pair of shoes to start the school year. Well, as you imagine, this year is quite different. With COVID concerns, there will not be the traditional carnival atmosphere. There won't be food and drink and bounce houses and games. There won't be any large crowds. But our goal is to still share the love of Jesus in practical ways to the least of these by distributing those needed supplies and shoes to kids. And that's where you come in. Once again, our local church, Garden Way, will have general oversight of the shoe distribution. 
People will be arriving in small groups at appointed times in a socially distanced atmosphere to pick up those items that have been donated by local churches, by local businesses. We need between 20 and 30 volunteers to to serve a two-hour shift on that Sunday afternoon. We'll be restocking the shoe tables, distributing shoes to kids. Many of our past volunteers might not be ready or able to volunteer. And so I want to encourage some of you here today to consider if you could be a part of this event for just a couple of hours as we continue to share the love of Jesus in practical ways with our community, even in the midst of a pandemic. You can sign up in the lobby today. There's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center. You can talk to me if you have any questions or concerns about the distancing or how that might work. We have quite a, quite a plan worked out, and I think it'll be doable for just about anybody that is in pretty good health. And so we encourage you to consider, could you meet a need? Because more than ever, the need is great. And so will you come? Will you help all you who are blessed by our Father? Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Local outreach through Project Hope. Joining together with other churches to demonstrate God's love in practical ways. This is simply one distinct expression of our mission as a church. Mission given to us by Jesus. And the mission that he's entrusted to us is shaped by a geographical strategy that he spelled out in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where he said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem represents our local area. Judea and Samaria represent our region and the ends of the earth. Of course, that represents every nation in the world. And as a church, we strategically invest in ministries that focus on each of these geographical areas of outreach. And this morning, as we approach Project Hope, we're emphasizing our investment together in local outreach. Local outreach is different. If you think about it, when we invest in overseas outreach, missions work in other countries, many of them represented by the flags on the back wall there, pretty much all we can do is give our finances generously and we can pray. We can't do a lot personally. But with local outreach, we have the opportunity for personal involvement. In addition to finances and prayer, each one of us can invest time and effort to love our neighbors in personal ways and represent Jesus to them. And we also can serve alongside others in local ministries like Project Hope. Right now, we want to take a couple of minutes and silently pray for Project Hope along with other ministries that we support together that engage in local outreach. If we could have that slide, please. So Project Hope that Rob just talked about, meeting the practical needs of students. But here's some other ministries that you and I invest in together through our tithes and offerings. We help support the Eugene Mission and Hosea Youth Services. And they are working specifically with homeless and with the needy. And their goal is not just to give a hand out, but to give a hand up. And to break the patterns that lead to poverty. 
Love for Lane County provides practical assistance of all kinds to people in need. St. Vincent de Paul also battling poverty through systemic change, trying to change the patterns of life so people can become independent and self-reliant. And then two wonderful ministries, Grove Christian Camp, where many adults and kids go to weekend retreats and summer camps, University of Christian Fellowship, both of them focusing on outreach to people who don't know Jesus, and then helping followers of Jesus become faithful disciples. And these are ministries that are making a difference locally for Jesus Christ. And I'd like us to spend a couple of minutes in silent prayer and pray specifically for these ministries. And here's how I'd like to divide up the list. I'd like all of us to pray silently for Project Hope and the work we're going to do together with other churches in just a couple of weeks. Then I'd like this side of the room to pray silently for that first group of three. It starts with Eugene Mission. I'd like this side of the room to pray silently for the second group of three that starts with St. Vincent to Paul. And let's pray and ask God to work through these ministries and organizations that the name of Jesus would be honored and that as people receive the blessing of these ministries, they would experience God's love in practical, tangible ways. And let's pray that through all of this, more people would become part of God's family and join us in the kingdom of God. Let's pray silently together. Father, we thank you for these faithful ministries and organizations that are striving to demonstrate the love of Jesus to our community. And we ask that you would give the staff members of these ministries and missions, that you would give them physical and emotional and spiritual strength for the work that they do. And we pray that their efforts would bear fruit and would draw more and more people into your family. And we consider it a great privilege to support their work with our prayers and with our finances and with our time as volunteers. And I pray that we always would faithfully continue to do so. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.